This is a passage and a principle where we help you to think on God's Word so that our minds can be renewed to be like Jesus. Let's get into God's Word. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of A Passage and a Principle. Um, Dustin and I took a little bit of time off, and so we're trying to get back in the groove of things. You may have noticed that my throat is a little raw today, and so I'm not going to read the passage out loud for you. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is look at Mark chapter 2, verses 23, all the way to verse 6 of chapter 3. And so we're hopping over into the next chapter. And so I'm not going to read that for you. And so just please um, grab your Bible and read along and um, listen to my commentary on this passage. Now what I want to do is just talk about Jesus being the Lord of the Sabbath and um, talk about his interactions with some religious leaders of his day and then I want to conclude this little episode by sharing my own personal opinions on what the Sabbath looks like for Christians today. And I want to qualify that again. It is my own personal opinion, and if you disagree with me on that, that's just fine. But this is a commandment that people routinely ask me about. Okay, So Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. And the Sabbath is found in the fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments. You shall observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And then Moses goes on writing the words of God, talking about how the Sabbath was designed to be a day of rest. That the people were to rest, servants were to rest, even livestock were to rest, the land was to be rest. So that's the key uh, were to describe the purpose of the Sabbath, and that is the nation of Israel during the Old Covenant was to rest. Now, in this passage that we're looking at, Jesus does two things that the religious leaders of his day would have considered as violations of the Sabbath. Number one, he went and plucked heads of grain from a local field, so that he and his disciples could eat on it. Uh, and then the other thing that he did is he healed a man with a weathered hand. And so they would see these things, feeding yourself, gathering grain, and also healing someone on the Sabbath. They would see these as works, and that they would be considered violating the Sabbath. Uh, but Jesus corrects their misunderstanding. Because the Sabbath originally, when God gave it, was supposed to be a blessing to the nation of Israel. It was supposed to give them rest. That They weren't supposed to just relentlessly work all the time, but they were to stop just for one day of that week and really just enjoy each other, relax, and worship the Lord. And over time, however, um, the nation of Israel and the religious leaders they made this law that was originally was a blessing, they turned it into a burden, that they put more and more restrictions on it. And so if uh, the fourth commandment can be seen as a fence, they would say, well, we need to add another fence around that fence, and around that fence we need to have a wall built around it. We want to make sure no one 
is going to be in violation of this commandment. And so in doing so, they have created man-made traditions that were burdensome and bind uh, the conscience of people. And so Jesus corrects them on that. When they get on him about gathering grain in order to eat, he reminds them of what David did, David and his mighty men, how they ate bread that was set aside for priests, and they ate it. And the reason why they ate it, because they were in great need, they were hungry. And so Jesus makes it clear, satisfying human needs, especially in emergency circumstances, is not a violation of the Sabbath. And he says this, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And so what does he mean by that? Well, the Sabbath was made for man. Made for man to be what? A blessing. It was designed to be a service to men, to mankind. And it's not that men were created for the Sabbath because that would be a burden. So in other words, what Jesus is saying, it's supposed to be a blessing, not a burden. It was designed for man. God didn't create the Sabbath uh, to be served by man, but rather God created the Sabbath as a means to serve mankind. And so, um, and especially when Jesus is approaching this man with the withered hand, he heals him. He heals him. Now, of course, that's not a violation of the Hebrew Sabbath because the second greatest commandment that Jesus says this is the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. This is a greater commandment. And so you have to observe the fourth commandment through the lens of loving your neighbor as yourself. So, of course, on the Lord's Day, there is nothing wrong with helping someone who is in dire need. There is nothing wrong in the Hebrew Sabbath to do this, okay? So again, what did Jesus do? He ate in order to satisfy a human need when he was very hungry, he and his disciples. And two, he took care of his neighbor who was injured, handicapped, whatever. And in doing this, he was not in violation of the Sabbath, all right? So that's the passage. What about some principles, okay? Now, again, let me qualify what I'm saying. What I'm about to share with you is my personal understanding of how Christians are to observe the Sabbath today, okay? And I fully understand that there are many God-fearing uh, men and women who disagree with me on this. And so I'm not about to say that my personal opinion is law, although I do think it is the best understanding of Scripture although I could be wrong. So, the Old Covenant Sabbath is not required of New Covenant Christians. And I do believe that there is New Testament evidence that Sunday, the first day of the week, not Saturday, which was the Old Covenant Sabbath, I believe God has made Sunday, the first day of the week, a significant day, and that it has been typically called the Lord's Day, the Lord's Day. And so while we are not required as New Covenant Christians to observe the Old Covenant Sabbath, I do believe that God expects us to honor the, the New Covenant Lord's Day. Now, what are we supposed to do? Well, I think we are supposed to 
uh, worship the Lord, um, that we are supposed to rest and relax, and that also what my family has resolved to do is to refrain and avoid any activities that might require people to perform unnecessary work. Let me give an example, okay? Uh, an example of unnecessary work on the Sabbath, or uh, excuse me, on the Lord's Day, would be restaurants. Um, you could cook for yourself. Um, you can prepare beforehand. I mean, there's all sorts of ways you can avoid going out to eat on the Lord's Day. And so what you, um, why I came to this personal conviction, why I picked up this practice, is I felt guilty going to Cracker Barrel, right? And asking the waitress, you know, you should join us at church sometime. And I remember one waitress replied to me and said, well, I can't come to church because I'm here waiting on you guys. And so I was contributing to her having to work on the Lord's Day. She could not go to church on the Lord's Day because I was making her do unnecessary work, okay? And restaurant work on Sunday mornings, I th feel, is unnecessary work. Now, what would be necessary work? Well, of course, necessary work would be things like uh, doctors, police officers. You know, in certain circumstances, I could see the need of an electrician. There's a variety of things that I could list off as necessary work. If I am injured on the Lord's Day, I would very much like to have a doctor come see me. You know, if I um, suspect foul play in my neighborhood, I would like to have officers around. And so anyway, what my family has resolved to do is to set aside Sunday as the Lord's Day and use it as a day of rest and refraining from activities that would require other people to do unnecessary work. We don't go watch the movies on Sundays, right? And so um, I'm not saying I do this perfectly. I'm not saying I have it all figured out. But I am saying this is something we have personally resolved to do, and I recommend it to you to give it a try. Now, some other Christians say, well, it's okay to rest, and it's okay to worship, and we want to do it on other days of the week. I get that. I can even see some biblical argument for that. So, anyway, I think the main thing that we all have to understand is that we have to have rest, and also, if we do treat certain days as significant, that we have to be careful about making that binding on other people and that we don't understand these special days in such a way that we can't even do the good work of the Lord, right? That we make it a rigid, burdensome day rather than a restful and joyful day. All right, guys, well, that's all I have. And I thought I would make a lengthy one because I got a controversial commandment. A lot of people don't know how to understand the fourth commandment. And I would love to spend some time really fleshing out. But anyway, thanks for listening. I hope the rest of your day is a blessing.